Welcome back to Basketball is Religion. I am your host, Big Matt, joined today by the Gons. Gons, how have you been? I ain't gonna lie, Matt. It's, it was a tough night. Uh, kids sick. And it's funny, in our group chat, we talk about kids that wake up like uh, Tam or Pam or or Raul's where they wake up for two hours. And I've never had to experience that unless my kid's in the emergency room. But last night was the first time where I've had to experience like waking up at two and being up till 430. Um, so I guess I'm blessed in that retro- retro- retrospect, but. Let's get into it. Uh, there's a couple things we want to talk about. There was a big Damian Lillard trade to the Milwaukee Bucks. But before we get into that, let's save that for the main event. In an interview by Alex Molina from Yarra Hoop, uh, Jabari Parker, formerly of the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Chicago Bulls, uh, Boston Celtics, um, had an interview. He was asked why he left the NBA for Barcelona, to which he said, I just want to be part of something legitimate. I want to be part of every game matters. Sadly, the NBA is a business, and there are 10 to 12 teams that try to win every game, and the other half try to get a lottery pick or draft pick. Where does that leave the good players? Uh, You either have to be super good or bad to lose games. Um, It's no excuse to see DeMarcus Cousins, Dwight Howard, or John Wall, guys who are potentially going into the Hall of Fame, seeing those guys not have a job. You're seeing the league getting watered down, unfortunately. Um, There was a tweet um, that followed that, which we want to talk about, but let's talk about what Jabari said initially. What were your thoughts um, about what Jabari Parker said? Because he he did have some ACL tears, a couple of them actually, and couldn't stick with a a few teams in the NBA ending with the Celtics last year um, before the 2022 playoffs. What what are your thoughts, Gons? Uh... He's right. I mean, the NBA is going through something right now where, and the NBA knows it, where no one is caring about the regular season, really. Uh, There's been so much emphasis on the championship made by ex-players like, um, you know, Michael Thompson, who we hear, or, or players wanting to win the chip and the championship is all that matters. Sure, that's great, right? That's that's what we say in movies. But when you put all the emphasis on the championship, no one's going to care about the regular season awards as much. You maybe have one or two guys. No one's going to care about getting the best record. People are just going to sit out their players. Um, and again, you're going to lose viewers just because people are only going to care about the playoffs. It's kind of like what, what baseball is about. You get a few people that watch baseball during the season, but come October, you know, even myself, it's not really a baseball fan is glued to the TV watching every Dodger game. So um, in, in retrospect to what he said there, I agree. What about yourself? 82 games is too long. I mean, if you're looking at, at baseball, 162 games, it's hard to care about a regular season that's that long when the playoffs are – actually the same length as a basketball playoff, so even a little bit shorter um, because the wild card is only three games instead of a seven-game series. So to be invested in, since March, so that's how many how many months for baseball. And for basketball, you're invested from October all the way through April, and then you have one bad week and your team's eliminated from the playoffs. I, I, I can get that. So as far as any, any professional sport, they should be lowering the the number of 
a regular season games because you know you have some games that in the in the beginning of the season that frankly don't matter. So I agree, I agree with you, but with the revenue that these leagues are generating from these regular season games and ticket sales and um, cable packages, unfortunately, I don't see that you know any any way to alleviate that because of the bottom line revenue that these owners are making that the league is making from these media rights deals so as much as we want to see um a lowering of the regular season games in all sports actually except for base except for football i just don't see a, a way of a, a path forward on that one um he also did mention um jabari park jabari parker that um there's not there's less good players in the league you don't have demarcus cousins dwight howard or john wall like do you, do you feel that these players should be getting more of a shot and um, that they're better than a lot of these younger p- players that teams are trying to bring up? In essence, I mean, I, I still think John Wall has it in him, but I get it, right? It's competitive, and I don't know if that's a valid statement. But I, I don't want less games either, Matt. I mean, I someone who bets on games and enjoys a sports book – I just think the NBA and NBA is doing what they can. They're slowly having to play in tournament, right? To make more games matter. They got to figure out a way. And I don't know if that's to guarantee more seeding for the playoffs versus the whole season or something creative, some sort of like tournament like they're doing that will get more viewers. Um, Besides John Wall, who I, I, I really, I think he belongs on a team map, but to be honest with you, he's kind of been a bust. Um, He's he's completely the thing with him, and th- this happens. You have these offensive players that can just score that are really fast, right? He falls in that category, but then he gets hurt. Now you're taking away some of his speed and his offense for a guy that never really played defense. So I don't know about him. What was the other name that you brought up? Jabari Parker brought up Demarcus Cousins and Dwight Howard as well. Demu- I mean, Cousins had a good career, dude. He just he ran its course. I, again, I don't I don't agree with him on this part of the argument, but I do agree with what he said prior to. So in response to this um, quote uh, to your hoop basketball, uh, the ball don't stop uh, Twitter slash X account. Um, did have some facts or did support uh, Jabari Parker's arguments with what the NBA is currently kind of putting out. So I'm going to read this list. Uh, Gons, respond with a couple of these and see you know which ones you feel more strongly about. So from Ball Don't Stop, uh, the Twitter account, X account, a lot of truth to what Jabari Parker said. The NBA is um, by far has the best talents in the world, but the game took a hit. So a few different po- uh, points here. Analytics made teams play to patterns. Veterans got pushed out of the league. Only stars can take middies. Post-play got eliminated. League went too young. Rules softer than ever. Scoring is very inflated. Non-three-point shooters taking threes. Games are too up and down. The def- defensive players often disabled. Hard to keep up night uh, night to night. Only four to six real contenders. Owners, uh, powers versus star power. No teams have a core for three to four years. Way too much player movement. Individualization of the game. Free agency. Trades equals too hyped. 
Uh, most analysis equals gossip or debates. So after those those um, bullet points uh, from Ball Don't Stop, um, what kind of grabs you and what do you agree with? I, I mean, uh, okay, like analytics, I'm completely fine with that. You do what you have to to win, well, whatever strategy that is. That's analytics to me. Veterans got pushed out the league. Come on, dude. It's a young man's game. It's always been a young man's game. If I, if anything, now players are playing longer than they did before, um, and and that's that's a fact. Um, the other things, okay, post what stand out post play got eliminated. I'd like to see some of that come back. I mean, we might with Wimby. Um, you know, I, I I'm kind of disappointed that he he's a guard at such a big height. If he dominated in the post, <coughs> you know. He would be effective. So I'm hoping Tim Duncan teaches him a thing or two. Dude, and this is dedicated to Tony. NBA is so soft. Like, and and this is not just me being an older guy watching. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, every ticky-tack foul, and it's slowing the game down, too, because everyone's going to the free throw line. Scoring is inflated by fouls that they're calling several times. Um, and you're not seeing defense. Uh, again, everyone's shooting threes. I'm fine with them if you can make them, but generally back in the day, there was two or three players that had the green light to shoot threes, but no one wants to shoot the mid range anymore. Um, I guess let me go through a couple last ones. Owners powered. They don't have any. And I was so glad that Dame got traded and not to Miami because it was getting out of hand. Um, player movement. I've talked about this on another topic. You don't have Stockton and Malone. You don't have Peyton and Kemp. You don't have Powell and Kobe. You don't have Shaq and Kobe. You don't have Tim Hardaway and Alonzo Mourning. Like, everyone plays together for a year or two, and then they move. It's a shame. Honestly, you can't for the fans. Um, and I guess the last one I'll touch on is... I, I think that's it. Because you know what? I don't agree with the other stuff. I well, free agency is interesting, but that's not. I mean, it is. It's not too hyped. It's because people are leaving, right? So, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, the analytics point. The game is evolving. If you don't evolve with the game, then you're going to be left behind. Um, we actually had a good discussion with uh, with the role and Tony about this yesterday, about you just needing you needing to evolve and not trying to stay um, the same path. The pe- players evolve. Math evolves um, to you know get better points to make your team more efficient. Um, being able to have those tools to make your team better, to make players better, I think is good to push the game forward. You can't just be stuck in the mud and stay in the past. As far as defensive, uh, defensively, players being too soft. Like I know we had talked about this in the past, but you know, with your perspective now, do you think the the league should be bringing back hand checking like it did in the uh, in the '90s and the early 2000s, and of course in the '80s? I wouldn't say bring it back, but you don't have to call it every time. Um, you know, and I'm okay with letting have someone have a forearm on a player's back. Like, that's not a big deal to me. Um, I know you have the rules about you have to be straight up with your hands in the air, but little stuff like that, which they don't call all the time, but then they, they'll go to a game and they'll call it several times. So I think there's a lot of inconsistency there. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, if it didn't clearly affect the player's shot then i wouldn't call the foul that that's just me if 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 it had affected his shot a little bit but he was still able to get a good look i wouldn't call the foul 
In today's NBA, if the shot's affected at all, they're going to call a foul. So I think that could change. I'm not saying I want players to get hurt or step under them when they shoot, but I think in other aspects, you don't need to call those fouls. You don't need to slow the game down. Defensively, too. I mean, you saw... We saw in FIBA where there's not really a defensive three-second rule. You could have a center in the paint. And we kind of, in the 90s, of course, you didn't have your zone defenses. You had to be man-to-man. Do you think the, the league should adopt a more of a FIBA style where there's no defensive three seconds in the key? You can kind of have a big man kind of take away the paint. Is that, I guess, to make the, make the game a little more physical because you'll have a, a guy in the paint. Um, what, what do you think about that? That is an interesting thought, Matt. Um, I would enjoy someone being in the paint and being able to live there. And you have these guards coming in trying to dunk on the guy, and they're not going to get anywhere. Um, and uh, and uh, but on the other side, like, is that unfair? You know, you can't. You can. What if you? Then you're just going to go after the tallest dude. I mean, which they kind of do anyways. But if you got like a seven three guy, just hanging out in there, it is still possible to score, right? You got two guys that go in, you go in, you attract the defender, and you kick it out. Um, I I don't know. I'm not going to give you an answer on that one, but I like the thought. I think I, I, I do like the thought. I guess the last one I wanted to get into from what um, Ball Don't Stop put, said on Twitter, X. Um, only, there's only four to four, four to six real contenders. Do you think there's more contenders on the team? I mean, the, the teams are more talented, but do you feel that there's only four to six real contenders season per season? I think we can all agree on this. I mean, we talked about it. We talked about like how Milwaukee was good, but they weren't a contender. How this team was ready, but they're not a contender. There are essentially four to five contenders. It's true. Um, like, which which kind of sucks because. Back in the day, and this this started with the whole let's get together and put a bunch of stars together. If the NBA, I think back in the 90s, there was a one star on each team, and then they had a two. You know, again, morning, Tim Hardaway, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Um, let's see if Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. Um, and then you had your role players, the Deadlift Shrimp, the Hershey Hawkins. I like that. I like that every team had that. With with some teams now having a young core, right, where they're all young guys, and maybe they are just playing for draft picks. And then you have some teams that are stacked. Yeah, it makes it less fun because guess what? When the Lakers are playing a team like the Rockets maybe or a team that just has a bunch of young guys that I know have no desire to win, like I'm not probably going to watch that whole game. If – my wife needs me to do something or I got to do something else. It's not going to be a complete designation for me to watch. Whereas if every team, if if there were stars distributed a little more evenly, sure. But um, the, the fact is some teams are spending more and they're okay with it. And some teams are, are not and they're okay with it. And that makes it like you'll see some stadiums that are empty and some that are sold out. So, yeah, I think it could be managed better. Uh, but I don't know what the league can do about it specifically. Between free agency, player movement, um, in the 90s, of course, we had a longer, 
max contracts it was seven years but even with the player movement now you're looking at a guy like a damian lillard as as we'll get to in a second where he signed that extension but one year into it he's looking for a trade so it's the players want to get their money and also have the player movement which i think turned a lot of the casual fans off but you made a lot of good points Um, i think we want to get into it more with our hoop bar guys um maybe next week uh, but there's a lot of different points to, ch- to, to, to touch on, and we'll save that for another time. Let's get to the main event. Damian Lillard was finally traded from the Portland Trailblazers um, after an off-season uh, trade request, like I just mentioned. He had just signed that extension, but asked for a trade request, wanted to go to the Miami Heat. Um, there's several articles about him wanting to the Heat. We'll get into that in a second. Um, the full trade details, um, it, if you do follow the hoop bar on TikTok, I did post a little thing um, highlighting the trade on TikTok. The Milwaukee Bucks received Damian Lillard. Uh, the uh, Portland Trailblazers received Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tamani Kamara, a 2029 first round pick unprotected, and two pick swaps. And the Phoenix Suns received Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. So before I get into my specific questions I have about this trade or, and regarding this trade and everything surrounding this trade, Gons, what was your first reaction to the trade? The Dame's not going to Miami? Wow. Okay. Um, and then Dame and Giannis, Giannis together? Damn. Um, that's the instant thought. Like, those two together are like a great complement with each other. Um those that was my first thought. And then, you know, I started seeing some of the other pieces. Um, I feel like every team kind of won. Um, and I think it's gonna be interesting to see where Drew Holiday ends up. So before I get into my other, my other questions about the trade, uh, there was a report this morning. I saw that Drew that the Blazers are looking to get two first round picks for Drew Holiday. Is that too much? Because with Dame, it was like I can get Drew Holiday um Aiden and one first round pick and two pick swaps. So is, do you think Drew Holiday, given that he is 33 and he's talked about ending his career a little bit earlier, is he worth two first round picks? For the Clippers right now, absolutely yes. I feel, and I know you guys are Clipper haters, um, and, and I, 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 I love the Lakers, but I also root for the Clippers. Um, I don't hate them as much as you guys. Let's say that. Um, and, and these are honest facts. You put... And another elite defender with a Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, uh, Paul George, Paul George, man, that's a dangerous defensive team. Three lockdown defenders, I would do it because right now they're not. I mean, they're not gonna, they're not gonna win. They're not a contender. They're good, but they're not a contender. This can make them a contender. Um, and I, the thing is. Is Terrence Mann involved in this in a, in a trade with him? Because I I know they really 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 value Terrence Mann, but if he if he needs to go to be part of this trade, I think you have to make that happen. As much as you don't want to give him up, yeah. Terrence Mann is a young defender, uh, but Drew Holiday, a really good defender, Terrence Mann. But Drew Holiday is maybe the best point of attack defender. So if you have a a team of a, a two. Um, efficient wing, not efficient, but excellent wing stoppers in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, yes, you do have Russell, Russell Westbrook, but defensively, you're right because because also you have um, Zubats manning the paint. 
So you have a very good defensive team in that. I could 100% see that happening. Um, I guess we'll get to the Drew Holiday question right now. Um, do you think he helps the Sixers, the, the Clippers, or the Celtics better if they had Drew Holiday? All good. Because let's say if you're the Sixers, if you if you're if you're going to get off Harden, you could potentially do it here. So if you have Drew Holiday, Tyrese Maxey, and Joel Embiid with Tobias Harris kind of on the side, if that's your core, can they beat Milwaukee? Yeah, why not? I mean, again, they have Embiid, who's a different kind of beast versus Giannis, who's plays like a small forward, even though he's pretty big. And then you have a solid big with Embiid. Um, I don't know, but I don't, I don't like giving up those pieces either. So. I I I I like him on the Clippers. I think that's where he's going to end up at the end of the day. Uh, oh, let's talk about the Celtics really quickly. If if Drew Holiday was on the Celtics um, with him, um, Derek White, and then Jabbar, um, yeah, Brown and Tatum, uh, Robert Williams, th- does that put them over the top? It makes them really, really, really good. It does. No, for sure. Um, the, the, we're going to hear a lot of buzz le- next few days. Um, I'm hoping Drew Holiday ends up on a different team and not with this young Blazers team um, because he is a champion and I hope he's on a contender. I just hope it's not the Celtics. Uh, as far as the Milwaukee Bucks, are they the favorite now in your eyes? In, in, in Vegas's eyes, in betting eyes, they're currently plus 350 to win the championship, so they're the favorite. FanDuel, all those b- different betting sites have them as the favorite now. Are they the Gonza's favorite to win the championship this upcoming season after acquiring Damian Lillard? I they're my favorite from the East, a hundred percent. But not to win the whole thing. Do you still have who do you have on the West beating them? I have a couple of teams from the West that I like, but I mean, put them up against the Suns. That's a fun matchup. I don't know that the Suns aren't going to win. I know they're weak on the bench, but man, you got Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. Um, they're with their added pieces, right? Because they trade Aiden. That's right. Yep, they went four the four pieces instead of having DeAndre Aiden, yeah. so they got a little bit deeper. That's a huge. That's a huge deal maker right there. I still like the Warriors. Um, I know I've been drinking their Kool-Aid lately, but I, I they're they're a fully solid team with a great coach. And um of course I'm gonna say I think the Lakers are Lakers can make a, a run at it. So I don't think they're clear defined winners based on adding Dame Lillard for the championship, but I think they will hundred percent win the Eastern Conference. Did the Blazers get the best possible package for Damian Lillard? They got Drew Holiday, all defensive player. They got DeAndre Ayton, um, solid center, not a great center, solid center, top top 10 center in the league. And then one first round pick and two pick swaps. Do you think that was not enough? Like if, if, if the rumors are true in Miami, you could have gotten three first round picks from Miami. Would you have rather had the picks or the package they got? I think they got a good package with Aiden. I mean, he's he has a lot of upside, dude. 
Um, and it may have just not even been a good fit in Phoenix, but they already have some really good young pieces with Anthony Simons um, and some of their other players. So now you bring Aiton into the mix. You got kind of a winning, exciting team now. Um, it's not necessarily a tank team. Now, if you just get the picks, then you're kind of a tank team. So based on all the pieces they have, they can win games. They will sell tickets. And they have picks. It, it was. I think this was the right decision for him. I think so too. After thinking about it some more, because you're, you're looking to have DeAndre Ayton um, can be a centerpiece center with um, all of those guards that you have: Anthony Simons, Scoot Henderson, and kind of grow with them as they're. Uh, you know, Ayton did need a change of scenery, and maybe the Pacific North Northwest is the best option for him. Again, we'll see. Um, and the other question I have with Dame and Giannis, that pick and roll is going to be absolutely insane because I was talking about this with the roll last night. If the, when the Lakers beat Dame in the bubble, you just saw him blitz him, um, double team him, get the ball out of his hands and get it to Yusuf Nurkic. And Nurkic didn't know what to do with the ball. Um, so the Lakers beat them pretty easily in the bubble. Now, if you do that with Milwaukee, if you try to blitz Dame when he's going crazy in the playoffs, you give it to Giannis, who's off that pick and roll, four four versus three with Giannis kind of at the head of that, seems very, very, very difficult to stop. So you have you know that, that sort of hot shot combo with Damian Lillard just unconscious from three-point range, and Giannis can get to the rim and play excellent defense. Are they currently... In your eyes, the best duo in the NBA. E, mm, e. Look, man, Dame's a little older. If you asked me this two, three years ago, where it's Dame time, and he, what was the series where he was just dominating the playoffs? Um, yeah, that was the that was the year before that. Yeah, that was two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. When he made it to the when they when they beat. Um, Denver to get to the West. Well, yeah, yeah, like yeah, they got their butt kicked by by the Warriors, but still the, to get there, he had even he put the up years a, prior. Amazing. Even the years prior, he was a beast. And uh, there's something I got, and I love Dame, and he's probably. Gonna, I hope he proves me wrong, but he's a young scoring guard that I'm not gonna say is not athletic, but is shorter. Um. Maybe not the best lockdown defender. They have a shorter tenure in the NBA than other players. You know, because of his height, he's not going to be able to get up the jump shot, the shots that he gets up um, as someone who had a couple inches on him. So I don't think they're the best duo in the NBA. Man, I think they would have been a couple years ago, but not, not right now. I don't. It's going to be very interesting because you still have LeBron and Anthony Davis. You still have Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic. Tyrese Maxey and um, Embiid are great. So it'll be definitely something to see. Um, if you're looking to pair a player with Giannis outside of a Steph Curry, uh, Dame Lillard most likely would have been your next best choice. Um, you're kind of abandoning defense by getting him, by getting rid of Drew Holiday. But I think with how good Brooke Lopez is with how good Giannis is. And honestly, Jay Crowder is still on that team. I think 
uh, with the training camp, they can kind of have him be an additional wing stopper for them. So they have enough defense behind Damian Lillard, so they could just be more they could be more effective on offense, but not lose too much on defense. So we, you talked a little bit about Giannis. Um, there is an extension that he still has not signed. I know we're going to get into this more when we talk whether hoop bar guys, but initially he still hasn't signed his extension. And you talked about how Damian Lillard is a little bit older and a little bit smaller. Maybe he won't last as long. Do you think Giannis should be signing that extension now because they got him help? I know we had talked about in a couple podcasts ago about him, you know, potentially moving because the Blazers, the, the Bucks didn't get him help, but they got him help with Damian Lillard. Do you think he should sign that extension or kind of wait one season? or two seasons to see or another season to see if this pairing is going to work with Lillard. I think he's smart, Matt. Um, but man, three years, 180 million, like that's phenomenal. Um, and they've proven to you that they care about winning. They got Dame, right? So they're probably thinking, what's your problem, dude? You went on these podcasts. You wanted to be a contender. We made you a contender. Now you do your part of the deal and sign. And he's thinking, well, why? I, I, I it's, it, it's interesting to me. I feel like he should sign based on the moves they made for him. But he's not signing. So something's funny. Like, that's a lack of commitment if you look at that. That's telling me, okay, maybe he doesn't want to stay in Milwaukee. Why doesn't he sign? I don't have the answer. Do you? Like, why? Well, sign the paper. Would you sign if you're Giannis? If I was committed to Milwaukee, 100%. Oh, no. They just trade for Damian Lillard. How you feel, what they've done with adding Brooke Lopez. You know, you still have Middleton there. Again, I think I failed to mention him before. Would you, if you were Giannis, would you sign that extension now? I would. I feel like they have enough pieces for him to be a contender. I, at least, you know, that's all that matters at this point. But something tells me that he doesn't want to be in Milwaukee. Um, with the hints he's given off, it's been very passive about, yeah, but if... Um, and it could be he just wants to get out of Milwaukee, you know? He's married with kids. Maybe he just doesn't want... He wants to go somewhere where he'll be recognized. The dude goes to buy dinner after a game and they don't even recognize him. What, they wouldn't see them? Some story like that? Like, get out of here. Um, I, I Again, I have not seen a star since I've watched the NBA that's wanted to stay in Milwaukee. No disrespect to Milwaukee. But I think he may want to be on the move to a bigger city. Yeah, the New York Knicks were involved and the Miami Heat were monitoring the Giannis situation. So we'll see what happens. I would sign the extension, but that's just me. Um, is there anything I missed on the details in this trade that you want to talk about before we leave today? No, man, I'm good. I think we touched on everything. Um, I think more stuff's going to happen with this deal. So I'm curious to see what happens. But um, yeah, no, I'm good. And that'll be it for us today. Crazy, crazy trade to happen right before the start of training camp. Um, It's a good lead-in to what should be a fun season. I know we talked about earlier in the pod about, you know, there being less contending teams, but a lot of these, like, lower-level teams are fairly deep. San Antonio has Wemby. Detroit has a good young core. Houston has a good young core. It's not like there's a lot of these teams in limbo where they don't have any good players. 
most teams have solid players. It, it, it takes that special team to put it all together. Like we're looking at an Oklahoma City with a emerging um, Shea Gilgis Alexander as a top, you know, five player in this league. Do the Thunder need to pair him up with someone um, to make them a top five team in the league? I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Maybe Chet Holmgren or Josh Giddy could help propel them to that top five status. But it's a very, very intriguing. I, I, I get some of Jabari Parker's points, but then again, the the league is fairly deep. You know, you have a lot of players now. The youth of the league is very good. It's not like the youth coming in isn't isn't good. I mean, they just some players lifespan in the NBA ends in its early 30s. Not everyone's LeBron James, Chris Paul, who could stay into their late 30s. Yeah, Dwight Howard, Marcus Cousins, John Wall, the the players that he mentioned, they're all in their 30s. And these young 20-year-olds, they're training them really well. Like I said about evolution in the, bas- in the game of basketball, they're all being trained fairly well. So it's not like they're being replaced by scrubs. They're being replaced by players that were trained specifically to be great NBA players. You know, your your seven footers who should be developing a post game, yes, but they have the ability to shoot a three. Try blocking a seven footer shot. You know, it started with Porzingis, uh, Rafe LaFriends, like I mentioned before. Uh, Porzingis now and like this Cooper Flag, um, just tall, long, lanky guys. When Binyama now, that's going to be shooting the threes from uh, you know for the foreseeable future. So. It's it's a crazy NBA landscape. My apologies for kind of ranting on a little bit towards the end here. But yeah, just a couple different thoughts to leave you guys with. Um, like I said, um, if you've been following the Hoop Bar on tw- on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube, our full episodes on YouTube, their video podcast, and our clips, our shorts, our TikToks are all on those sites. Um, we have about minute clips for each of those. So those are, those are pretty much fun to put together. Um, outside of this, this is our you know, basketballers religion pod. It's a good good opportunity for the Gons and I to kind of have a longer form conversation about about these various topics here. So, thank you guys for the support. We appreciate it. Um, we'll see you guys next week.